0: Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rat Talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena.
1: Hi, folks. It's Rena Jadhav here with the Healthier Podcast. It has been a while. I hope you're having some herbal tea and are getting ready to an awesome conversation that we're gonna have with the amazing Dr. Cause. Dr. Cause, welcome.
0: Thank you, it's an honor to be here.
1: So you've written a brand new book called Unfunk Your Gut, which I love the name, um, because boy, we have funked up our guts, haven't we? (laughs) And uh, you're you're gonna tell us the, hopefully the shortcut to how we Um, can all get back to leading lives um, that are healthier and happier. But, you know, let's start with a little bit about you and what prompted you to write this book.
0: So it was, it was always a goal of mine to write a book. Once I started practicing, Um, I've had a lot of success over the years with different patients of all ages that I've worked with. And I kind of just wanted to share that story. Um, A couple, I mean, I wanted my book to be different and, one of the biggest things about it is, is that I think it's very easy to read. So I'm a very laid back person. I have a sense of humor. So there's actually quite a bit of humor in my book. It is all it's a very easy read. <laughs> it's all science based. So, I mean, I don't like throw out the medical stuff and just make fun of things, but I just think that a lot of the me- the functional medicine books that were written were very difficult even for me to stay with. So I wanted something that people could understand because getting healthy doesn't have to be super complicated, right? We, we kind of overcomplicate things. So, uh, I like to try to keep things simple. Um, so that, that's what kind of motivated me. And it was just, you know, I wanted something that would help people.
1: And give us a little bit about your background. What, what, uh, makes you an expert in gut health?
0: Um, so I've been working. Uh, I started studying functional medicine in 2011. I am a traditionally trained medical doctor. So I did a residency and family practice. And I kind of just randomly walked into functional medicine. I, I came from a very traditional background. My parents are both doctors, my all through med school. And when I started residency, I was just kind of like follow what the pharmaceutical industry is saying attitude and and just whatever is being told to me that's what i'm going to follow and for me what caused me to open my mind is i took a medical leave from my internship and residency uh to go to an inpatient rehab for alcohol so i uh spent six weeks there and that completely changed me. I mean, it was the whole process was pretty crazy. I, I was not somebody my vision of an alcoholic was somebody that was li- living under the bridge without a house. Um, I was had everything going for me. I tried to cut out alcohol out of my life and I couldn't. And so I went to treatment and treatment was basically just group therapy all morning. And then in the afternoons, we would do things like exercise, yoga, meditation, acupuncture, all these things that I had never heard of before. I mean, I'd heard of them, but nothing that I'd even considered. So I, I, I left there very open-minded um, just in regards to like, wow. I mean, I when I went in, I, I, didn't, I couldn't even identify an emotion or a feeling. So I, it's been a long journey for me with my mental health. Um, I was very egotistical. I went in there thinking I had everything figured out. And all of that kind of came crashing down. So when I got back to residency.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that, by the way. I really appreciate that because like you said, so um, few of us are comfortable sharing the challenges that we've been through. And one of the things that I've learned is the best doctor is the one that's climbed a, a hill, him or herself.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it's been kind of cool since my book came out. I've had a couple of patients who... I met years ago who never followed up and they got my book and they like reached out and they're like, whoa, you had issues? And I was like, yeah, I've had a lot of issues. Um, but it made them like, you know, I, you know, I couldn't stick to the diet you recommended or whatever. And I was like, listen, like I've been through hell and back. So I don't judge anybody for exactly. struggling to change things in their life. Um, so when I got back to my residency program, you as a family practice resident, you do different rotations, you train with different doctors, you focus on OB on outpatient medicine, inpatient medicine, cardiology, neurology. So you learn a little bit of everything. And so you have different attendings that are teaching you. And we had this one attending that every time somebody was admitted to the hospital, he would have us start a multivitamin and vitamin D. And we thought it was a joke. Like we used to make fun of him and like, mock the fact that we was we had to waste our time putting in orders for a, a multivitamin vitamin D when we could be prescribing antihypertensives or painkillers or whatever. So it post my own treatment. I kind of just asked him, I was, his name was Dr. Batra. I was like, Dr. Batra, why are you weird? Like what are you <laughs> what are you doing? And was like functional medicine. And he, we sat down at a computer, he opened up the website and it looked interesting. And as a resident, they require you to go to conferences. And so I signed up and I went. And within the first hour, I mean, I went in very skeptical, but within the first hour, like I knew that I, my career would never be the same because it was all taught from a physiology and anatomy level, a biochemistry level. So everything just made sense. And I was mostly just wondering, like, why are we not learning this? Like, it's all about root cause for something that hasn't heard of functional medicine. It's not about, you know, grouping you into you have high blood pressure, you have diabetes or you have lupus. So here, take this med, take that med, take this med. It's like, okay, your body's inflamed. Why? Right. And. As a family practice doctor, we're, we're supposed to do preventative medicine, but we don't like you basically are just prescribing pills to get people in and out of your office. So this, I was like, this seems pretty interesting. And the, at the conference, there was, I was the youngest person there at the time and, or the earliest in my career. And there was surgeons and, uh, ophthalmologists and all these different professions there. And I, I mean, on the breaks, you would kind of talk to people and i would be like, you know, why are you here? What are you doing here? And everybody over and over was like, if you're just starting your career, this is what you have to do. Um, And so I took a chance and I basically just pursued it. And I, during residency or my residency program, let me do what's called away rotations. Uh, which is when I basically left my residency and went and studied at Dr. Mark Hyman's clinic, uh, Dr. Susan Blum's clinic, Dr. Deepak Chopra's clinic. So I went nice. all over the country. You, you did
1: them all, you did the yeah. gamut.
0: Yeah, so it, I did that all while I was still going through family medicine residency. And I was just kind of like starting to implement little things like diet basically with my patients and I finished residency and I started a practice on my own, a functional medicine practice. And so that's been since 2014. And in the, in those years, I feel like I've learned a lot, Um, what they, at least what I remember from my functional medicine training was the one thing that they always said over and over again was start with the gut, start with the gut, start with the gut and that hearing that over and over. And then I started practicing. Um, I learned how to order functional medicine tests, how to interpret functional medicine tests. Um, I've gone back and teach with the Institute of Functional Medicine now um, and train other physicians. So it's, you know, I, I like, I, I, I say, I got lucky, you know, I, I just kind of randomly stumbled into it, um, partly because of my own story. Um and just kind of went with it. And so I've had a lot of success with my patients. I mean, it's not me, it's us working together. And I mean, we've just seen amazing things happen with people, and so I wanted to share that.
1: Give us the most inspiring story of someone that was super sick, got better, and that stayed with you.
0: So in in my book, in each chapter, I I give a patient story, but I honestly, I think my favorite one um, was a a woman that came to me for basically like acne, skin issues, fatigue, no real diagnoses from a traditional standpoint, but in her intake paperwork, um, she also had been struggling with infertility. And so usually women don't admit that that's the main reason they're there to see me. But usually if I see that, I'm like, okay, I know that this is a big deal, especially for a woman in her forties. And it, so we started with our gut and we were making progress. She was feeling better. And then we weren't getting all the way. And the other big thing I work with besides the gut is toxins and helping people detox. And the main things that I help people detox from are heavy metals and mold. And so we ended up, she worked in a school, which are the moldiest places in America, um, and also had mold in her home, but the mold, we found a high level of mycotoxins in her body. And she went on a detox. And what I tell, All of my patients is the first step in detox is to stop exposure. Well, she found mold in her home and her workplace. So she ended up, the school didn't support her. She quit her job and she moved out of her husband's with, from living with her husband and moved in with her parents. And the whole time for me, I was, I felt bad. I was like, this, this person's life has been completely turned around. Um, they've given up so much, uh, And we don't even have any like guarantee that this is going to work. She kept detoxing, following everything we recommended and we retested her and her results came back at zero. And then I didn't hear from her for a few months. And then I got an email that said like first to know, and it was basically like, well, besides my husband, uh, I want to let you guys know I'm pregnant. Um, So that Amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That. That was that's one of you my brought favorite. A beautiful stories. baby
1: into the world with your advice.
0: Yeah, so I another probably favorite. My one of my favorite groups to work with is autistic children. Mm,
1: um, let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, so um, I mean, I've I've had kids that were basically one word having full conversations now with people and interacting and doing well in school. And it, it's all through the same functional medicine principles, which is food, gut health, hormone imbalances, toxins, and mental, emotional, spiritual health. All right. Let's,
1: the- let's go over each of them. Let's start with food. Sure. So if someone's focused on fixing their gut health, what are the foods that are an absolute no-no? And for how long?
0: The biggest thing about functional medicine is that it's, everybody's different. We're all individuals. So there there's not one food that I would say everybody, I mean, we're all different, but what all of us need to do is what's called an elimination diet. And when your body reacts to food, there's three kinds of main reactions you can have. You could be allergic. You can have celiac disease, or you could be sensitive. Allergies and celiac are pretty easy to work with because The reaction happens right after you eat the food. So you don't make it to 20 years old and not know that you're allergic to peanuts. Celiac, same thing, you get gut or skin symptoms. There's very good lab testing. So if I'm curious, if someone has um, an allergy or celiac disease, we send them for a blood draw and we know. And then the regular medical community believes in those conditions. Sensitivities are what we work with. And that's the first step in healing your gut is identifying, are you sensitive to any foods that you're eating? And the biggest issues with sensitivities is that, the biggest one is that the reaction is delayed hours to days after eating the food. So I could be sensitive to gluten and I have a bagel every day for breakfast and I feel great, but I suffer from chronic eczema and migraines and uh, Hashimoto's disease. And I have no clue it's the bagel because I feel fine. So the reaction is delayed. Um, The second thing is there's not reliable testing. So there's a lot of labs that offer food sensitivity panels. They're extremely inaccurate. Um, It is diagnosed through an elimination diet, which is 21 days of cutting out the biggest offending foods and then reintroducing them one by one using a tracking journal. And the top Six, I would say, are gluten, dairy, soy, corn, eggs, and sugar. The other things that we cut out are beef, pork, shellfish, processed meats, coffee, alcohol. Um, so you cut all these out for 21 days. And at this
1: point, we've lost everyone who was listening to us, but continue.
0: <laughs> it's all listed in my book. So I got a <laughs> No, I'm,
1: I'm joking because not because of the list of the, of, of the items, but because whenever I tell my friends, um, Hey, this is what I did. You know, I gave up literally it's the list you're saying, right. Gluten, dairy, corn, soy, peanuts, and obviously alcohol, caffeine. Mm -hmm. Um, they're like, well, you're crazy. We're not, you know, I'm, I'm not about to give up all the things that bring joy into my life. And it's a, it's a separate conversation, which is, what, why are you trying to heal? Who are you trying to heal for? And how badly do you want to heal? Because there are people who will say, frankly, I don't really care that I have, to your point, eczema or migraines or any of the clearly connected symptoms to food insensitivities or a leaky gut for that matter. And so, you know, at this point, I always like to point out to my listeners and viewers, you know, my interviews are for people that want to fix it. And this is, This is if you're in it to fix it, because you are absolutely done being tired and fatigued and in pain and being on pills, then then this is for you. And you may listen to a list like this and say, there's just no way I could give it up, but I'm living proof, living proof. And I'm sure so is Dr. Cause that not only can you give it up, but you can then grow to never really miss it. Um, Do I have indulgences? Absolutely. Do I still, you know, indulge in a piece of chocolate cake or whatever? Of course. But that's because I fixed it, which means I can have a chocolate cake with all poisons in it on a weekend, clear out myself on a weekday and be fine. So it becomes a balancing game where you're good maybe five days a week and, and then you indulge two days but anyway, I, I always like to point this out because people go, well, if, if you're telling me to give everything up, you know, there's just no way. And the answer is no, no, you can do it. You, you absolutely can do it and you can do it in phases. But when you start to feel good, you'll never want to go back. Right. Continue. So, so that's your list of, and you yeah. said it's 21 days.
0: Yeah. And the biggest thing I like to explain is why is it 21 days? It's not mm-hmm. just like a made up number.
1: Good. Tell us.
0: So everything in your body has a half life, right? If you drink alcohol, if you smoke cigarettes, if you take prescription drugs, your hormones, toxins, everything has a different half life. When your body has a sensitivity to food, it creates what's called IgG antibodies, IgG antibodies have a half life of 21 days. So if I had a bagel today and I have 100 antibodies floating around if I completely avoid gluten for 21 days, my immune response cuts in half to 50. And then when I eat it again on day 22, if the immune system has recognized the gluten protein as foreign, it'll, it'll attack. So when I eat it again on day 22, I'm using a tracking journal and, and tracking what happened. And if you went into a elimination diet because of migraines we're not necessarily looking for that symptom. you might get a bout of diarrhea or you might break out with acne um, so the symptoms can go anywhere and that's because the gut is your gateway into your body and so you systematically go through and check what foods are you are you reacting to so an elimination diet's not like a weight loss diet it's not like some kind of um, binge thing to do it's it's like, it's a diagnostic test in my opinion. So that is for anybody that has not done an elimination diet, um, that's the first step in healing your gut without a doubt.
1: And then the question I often get is, so what if I just took like one bite or like just a tablespoon of dairy in my, in my coffee? So Dr. Koss to answer that question.
0: Yeah, if, if you're sensitive to it, it can cause really bad problems, even that little amount. I mean, it's so not it, even
1: a drop, right? So, when you say 21 days,
0: it's completely out. If you accidentally eat one of those foods, you got to start over. Yeah. Okay. So, kind of heard
1: that. okay. so that's yeah. on the diet. Yeah. What about packaged, processed chemicals? So, and what about organic versus non organic? What are your thoughts? Because, of course, that's all about the glyphosate. Um, controversy. And, and actually it's no longer a controversy because there's been some lawsuits that have been right. won against glyphosate, right. especially for cancer triggers. Right. But where do you come out on that for someone who's dealing with gut issues?
0: So I think the biggest thing over and over that I go back to with my, that I try to do is meet people where they're at. Right. And like what you were saying that you'll have people that aren't ready to do a full elimination diet. So I'll, I'll ask them like, well, can you just do gluten? And, you know, you're, you'll do the, we're all doing the best we can in the moment. Right. And so if a full elimination diet is too overwhelming, I'm not going to recommend it. And, and, um, but when it comes to like food picking foods, honestly, I mean, I'm to the point now where I really think the only really safe way is to just grow your own food. Um, and I would say the biggest example of this, um, so I was working with a child with, uh, OCD behaviors and we tested the child for toxins. And this child had been on basically, he was eight and had been on elimination diet his whole life. He never in his life had gluten, dairy, soy, corn. Oh, wow. And I even asked him, I was like, what if you go to a birthday party and you want it and like, there's cheeseburgers. He's like, no way I would have broccoli. And I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> like the to me, that was extreme. I, 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 I'm one that believes in moderation of everything, but anyway, we tested him for toxins and the main heavy metals that I find in people are lead, mercury, um, barium, bismuth, gadolinium, if you've had a bunch of MRIs, but, and then now what I'm seeing over and over, and I learned from this child is cesium and thallium. Oh, those are radioactive compounds that are used in the process of fracking, so they create radioactive water. Oh, wow. The They get the oil out. That water is left over. Guess who's buying that water? Oh, wow. Farms, especially farms experiencing droughts. So California, I live in Montana I mean, now, really? there's droughts. and a farm or food could be labeled organic even if they're buying oil water.
1: Wow. Didn't even think about that. My goodness.
0: So I think that that's where I'm like, you know, I, I, um, I guess I've become pretty cynical, but the, I think a lot of, um, excuse me, a lot of the stuff that's labeled as organic gluten-free like it's all a lot of it's just marketing and i mean they've found that they sell more stuff when it says organic on it i mean there is some regulation to it but i mean if they're letting people like something get a usda organic label on it it, and they're getting water from oil industry like i just don't really trust anything so that that,
1: that's where i'm like for the folks who are going oh no we're listening to two conspiracy theorists no, I'm I'm in your cam, Dr. Cause. I've uh, done a lot of research on this. And to your point, I'm a farmer market girl myself. Yeah. I don't even trust the organic produce section that sits in grocery stores because again, we don't know, you know, they do talk about like, hey, we can give you the name of the farms and stuff like that. But if you go to a farmer's market and you see the sign and you can drive to that yeah. farm. And you can clarify, hey guys, where's your, especially the little ones, like I love the little family farms. Yeah. They're different, you know, yeah. they, they don't have the money to go buy stuff from, you know, they're just using whatever water's showing up. They've been family farming for like two generations and all their produce looks super ugly and rots within 48 hours. And to me, those are the signs that the stuff's real. When I buy organic, uh, blackberries or blueberries right. from a very large store, which shall go unnamed because I don't want to get emails. Um, that stuff doesn't rot. It says organic, but it doesn't rot. Yeah. And to me, <laughs> clearly something is on there because if you go and buy true organic blackberries or blueberries, they literally don't survive more than two days. Right. So I think you're making a very important point that even the organic stuff that's being sold to us in boxes in large stores, has something in it. Right. Um, So that's my suggestion. Go, you know, go to your local farmers market, uh, find the two to three organic stalls, look them up, go visit them. Most local organic farms are within, you know, a couple of hours drive, make it into a fun weekend outing with you and your kids get to know them and shop from them and then you can get I mean I get my almonds that way I get my walnuts that way um, it does limit what you eat if you right. go completely hundred percent which I don't do anymore but again I you know I feel like if you're taking glyphosate does anything else even matter I mean you're busting your gut
0: so yeah I, I completely agree and and I'd say for and I I mean there's the, my favorite resource that's free is the environmental working group, ewg.org. And they put out their dirty dozen and their clean 15 every year. So they, they label the foods that are the most toxic, the plant or vegetables and fruits that are the most toxic, the ones that are the cleanest. Um, I'm always cognizant of, of cost with people. So it's not an option for everybody to just buy organic. Um, so that's where I'm like, you know, and it's, the fact that it's not guaranteed that you're not even going to still be getting toxins. I, I don't like to, I don't like to just overwhelm or stress people out and you got to kind of just, you know, live and, and do what is best in your current environment. Um, but EWG is a great uh, organization and a great website where you can just go on there and type in any food makeup, hair product, cleaning product, and they'll give you a toxicity score. And that's a way that you can kind of start cleaning up your environment.
1: Now, I love in your book, you share recipes, because of course, when the moment we tell people, here's the stuff that you can't do, uh, what am I going to eat, Rita? <laughs> you've yeah. taken away everything. So um, clearly, recipes are very important for someone who's going to do this the right way. Dr. because you've got great great set of recipes give us your favorite what do you cook do you enjoy cooking
0: I love cooking yeah Yeah. so my my favorite thing about the recipes is actually a patient of mine wrote the recipes so it was I had a patient who had rheumatoid arthritis who's been in remission for seven years now and uh since she started working with me and it was mostly through diet and she was a chef and we I mean we just kind of got to know each other over the years and um She had invited me to some speaking events uh, around food. And so when I was writing my book, going with that whole concept that I wanted my book to be a little bit different. um, So she wrote a little blurb in there about um, basically why uh, or what it was like to come see me. So what symptoms she had, what it was like seeing me, how overwhelmed she was when she went home, she was like, I don't know how to cook like this. I don't know how to eat like this. And so but she figured it out and loved it and still loves it so her passion is in there and and the recipes are awesome and so my favorites probably the the, my favorite one is the lamb and root vegetable stew uh for dinner i really enjoyed that one um the breakfast there's a butternut squash breakfast smash it's a pudding out of butternut squash there's another pudding that's out of cauliflower and you top it with nuts and berries, um, makes All right, more- you know,
1: I'm going to ask you to give us the recipe now, give us, give <laughs> us one of the pudding recipes.
0: Yeah, it's easy. So it's just, uh, you roast a butternut squash. Um, I did it like the night before and the next morning I put it into a blender with a little bit of almond milk, um, and a little bit of honey and just blended it. And that was it. Um, Exactly. Yeah, it's super simple.
1: Exactly. The stuff is easy enough where it's three, four ingredients. By the way, I've made quite a few of your recipes. And what I did to your recipe is I threw in a pinch of cinnamon in there. Yes. And um, it just, it it was so yummy. It was so yummy. I put a little more than just a little bit of milk. I actually put a fair amount of almond milk in there. And uh, it is absolutely absolutely delicious and delicata is actually a squash that if you if you get it at the right time and you grill it and you eat it direct and scoop it literally out it tastes as if you're eating the most heavenly dessert ever (laughs) without anything else put in it so um so those are some great recipes um so yeah for those of you who want to do this check out his book there really are some amazing recipes all right let's talk about toxins Um, clearly that's a hugely important topic. What are your recommendations?
0: So the, the ones that I've kind of talked about is heavy metals and mold. And those are the two most common ones that I'm helping people detox from. And I would say that, I mean, I'm a very objective person. So I like to test people. Um, I've been wrong before. And what test
1: do you use?
0: So for mold, it's called urine mycotoxin testing from a lab called Great Plains Laboratory. Yeah. Um, and because toxins, so just the basics of it, toxins are fat soluble. So that means when we breathe them in, drink them, eat them, they get stored in our tissues unless they flow through the liver and the liver goes through this two phase process called detox that makes them water soluble. And then we pee poop and sweat them out. So the majority of toxins are best tested in the urine because that's how you're getting rid of them. So, and then our detox capacity is limited by our genetics. So some people can detox better than others. It's limited by your nutrients. And so phase one and phase two of detox need a lot of nutrient support to function. And then it's limited by the amount of exposure you have. So if my capacity is hundred toxins a day, and then all, and I'm in an average day, I'm exposed to 50. But then on the weekends, I'm binge drinking, and then I'm, my apartment gets moldy, and now I'm living in mold, and now I'm exposed to 5,000 toxins every day. My body can't keep up, and 4,900 will get stored every day. And that could present as disease after a month, or that could present as disease 40 years later. And so it the analogy I really like is we all have a bucket. And we fill that bucket with toxins and bad food and stress. And eventually that bucket overflows into disease. So for 99% of the people I work with, their buckets already overflowed. And now we're trying to turn things around. I mean- Functional medicine really should be preventative medicine, but it's so rare that people come to me. I'm always always the last hope. Like I've been to Cleveland Clinic, I've been to Mayo Clinic and I've been to 20 doctors and now I just don't care, I'll I'll try anything. And so that's how people end up with me.
1: And you Um, mentioned uh, rheumatoid arthritis. What else have you helped people completely reverse and go into remission?
0: um, Lupus diabetes, high blood pressure, um, Hashimoto's disease very frequently, like I said, my our, our success rate with autistic children is hundred percent like wow, it's a spectrum, but it wow I mean not everybody has the, the extreme improvement that I've seen, but every family I've ever seen stick with it, it sees an improvement every single time.
1: And and so walk us very quickly through, when you're trying to reverse diseases, um, and again, of course, it's going to vary on the person's individual capability. But what's a typical time frame to reverse a diabetes or a blood pressure or uh, lupus? And then, what is that one, two, three step? Obviously, food you mentioned is critical, and we talked about the elimination diet. Is there a detox protocol? What do you do there? And yeah, just walk us through the process.
0: So, the process before a patient sees me, they fill out like 40 pages of intake paperwork. I go through all of that before their visit. We have the visit. If usually we're starting with an elimination diet, plus we're ordering testing and testing to keep it very simple. We're usually either starting with the gut or with toxins. Sometimes people like I had a lot of kids lately that were home for the summer. So parents from college and, and parents want to just do everything, do all the testing at once to f- try to figure out what's going on. Um, but we typically break it up and depending on the symptoms. So if there's more gut related symptoms, we're obviously going to start with the gut, if it's a person that was a mechanic at O'Hare airport, we're going to start with toxins. And so it depends on their history, but we'll order that lab testing. Um, the lab testing can take anywhere from two to six weeks to get results. It's gotten slower because of the pandemic supply constraints, but, um, in that time frame, while we're waiting for results, uh, ideally the person's doing an elimination diet. And then when we get the results, if it's something like dysbiosis due to candida, or if they have SIBO, or if they've got, uh, parasites, or if they, so those typically gut treatments will treat for two to three months and then repeat testing to see whether things have cleared and toxins is much longer. If we're detoxing someone from mold, we will put them on a detox plan for six months and then repeat the testing. Heavy metals can be anywhere from six months to a few years to get it out, depending on how high someone's levels are. So it, I mean, I've seen it in in the whole point, like the spoiler alert with my book is the most important part of all of this is our mental, emotional, and spiritual health. So people ask me like, well, how long is this going to take? Well, it, That's the one thing that I can't really get people to work on. People want me to give them the right diet, the right supplements. They don't want to deal with the trauma that they've been through and all of that. And I always warn my patients, you'll never heal if you don't make your mental, emotional, spiritual health your focus. And I've just seen that over and over, over the years, a condition like candida or SIBO is very easy to get rid of when somebody is uh, understands that they need to work on their mental, emotional, spiritual health. If they're just fighting it and just trying to follow a strict diet and take supplements, they don't heal. It takes much longer.
1: What about some parting advice? So if someone wants to reach out to you, what are, what are those options? Or can someone just go through your book and treat themselves um, especially in terms of getting tests, et cetera, do they need to go to, to a doctor or is this something they can order on their own?
0: So if you want to do any of the testing that I talk about in my book, you need to find a functional medicine doctor. Um, there's a website, uh, the Institute of Functional Medicine, ifm.org. You can search for a practitioner on there. Um, we're working with people remotely. So um, on telemedicine and definitely... With me, at least the initial visit was always just a lot of not education. I think that that's our greatest role as physicians is to educate. And so most of the first visit was just me educating about the gut, about toxins, about all these things. So I put all of that in my book. And so now I'm having people that are reaching out and they've like, I've read the book and like, I want to order testing. So we order testing for them. So that that's a good way to do it now. Um, and my website doc becausecom doc-koz.com everything's on there. The my assistant's phone number's on there. You can call her. Her name's Jasmine. She's fantastic. She will answer questions, um, and then get you know a, vi- a, a visit scheduled or get testing scheduled, and we go from there. Um, but there's there's definitely you can get quite a head start with my book and. A lot of people will heal just through following the recommendations, but then there's going to be people that need more assistance. And that's what we can help with.
1: That sounds great. Well, Dr. Cause really appreciate your time. Is there one parting advice that you would give to folks that are listening today about gut health?
0: Yeah. So stay in the present moment. Um, there was an ancient philosopher that said, anxiety is worrying about the future. Depression is worrying about the past. So what's the treatment, the present moment, and that to me, there's the, the thing that I really talk about in my book is the gut brain connection and how much your gut is connected to your brain. So what's going on mentally, emotionally, spiritually, literally can shut down your whole gut. And so present moment awareness, um, it's extremely difficult, especially in today's environment. But the more people can practice that, the easier it'll be for their guts to heal. That's a wrap.
1: Share your love with a five star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.